to make the world a better place. It, it sounds like a grandiose idea, but when you when you think about it in terms of impacting your own community and you can see changes that are made that that uh, where those improvements are realized, I think that's very powerful. Greetings, leaders. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Leadership Is Podcast, episode 45, with our special guest, Kit Kramer. The Business of Leadership, featuring Kit Kramer, CEO of Asheville Area Chamber of Commerce. With all of the challenges in this transition of time, what resources are there for leaders in an ever-changing economy? Our guest, Kit Kramer, has some answers. Let's talk about it. Welcome to Leadership Is Podcast. I am your host, Jason Muhammad, founder of JM Leadership Development with our special guest, Ms. Kit Kramer. Prior to arriving in Asheville, Kit was president of the International Downtown Association in Washington, D.C., and worked at the Charlotte Chamber for 17 years in all areas of chamber work. She is a former at-large board member of the Charlotte Mecklenburg Board of Education, and was public information officer for two school systems. She served on the executive committee of the Association of Chamber of Commerce Executives, known as ACCE, as Chamber Federation Chair on the North Carolina Chamber Board, as well as chairing United Way of Asheville and Buncombe County, and is the CEO of the Asheville Area Chamber of Commerce. Welcome, Ms. Kit Kramer. Well, thank you. I'm so happy to be with you. Very good. Very good. So if you can, besides the mouthful that I just stated there, you know, who are you and what do you do? Well, you know, I'm I'm a, a chief cheerleader for Asheville and Buncombe County and in charge of, of thinking about the larger economy and how we make it work for all of our residents and uh, an attractive place for talent and businesses to relocate. So um, I'm always thinking about the larger economy and trying to anticipate where we need to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how did you end up at the uh, Asheville Area Chamber of Commerce to become a CEO? <laughs> well, uh, it's kind of funny. I started off as a, I have a journalism degree from the University of Florida and with a, I specialized in public relations and just am a deep believer in the power of education, specifically public education. So I started off in my career working at, in, a, in a, the PR department for a school system and ended up running that department before leaving there to go to Charlotte and um, do the same thing in Charlotte. And while I was there, I met the, the chamber president with the Charlotte Chamber and I was, I'm a serial volunteer. I've been involved in, in um, all kinds of leadership organizations and groups since I was in, in high school. And yeah. when, um, so I had a natural affinity for the Chamber of Commerce and the work they did and had been a volunteer there as well. And it just was such a natural fit for me. I decided I wanted to make that my work going forward. So I proceeded to move from communications into membership and 
and economic development and public policy and just every aspect of the chamber business until I got both my kids out of high school and then started throwing my hat in the ring for for CEO jo jobs and ended up going to Washington to run the International Downtown Association, um, which yeah. was a really nice fit because I had been a Main Street manager. I'd done a brief stint for a couple of years as a Main Street manager in Florida. And, uh, but uh, a headhunter who was uh, leading the search for the chamber president for Asheville came calling and my husband and I, while we enjoyed our time in Washington, we wanted to be back in North Carolina and closer to our grandchildren in Charlotte. So yeah. that's how we ended up back here. And it's been 10 and a half years now that I've been in Asheville. Wow. Wow. Well, definitely. We, you know, uh, I moved here myself in uh, 2017 from Minneapolis. Um, and so every interaction that I've had uh, with you has definitely been one of a positive one uh, and a productive one. So thank you very much uh, for you being here uh, in, in these mountains uh, with us. So with all of the challenges in this this transition of time, well, you know, what are some of the resources that are there uh, for leaders um, in this cha ever changing economy? Well, you know, I have been so impressed by the flexibility and the creativity that our business community has shown during this pandemic. And similarly, I've been impressed with my own staff and their ability to step up and try and provide resources for businesses who are trying to figure out how to keep, keep businesses running, um, keep people employed, and um, until we can get through the, this vaccination, I'm getting my vaccination Thursday afternoon. I'm very excited about it. But yeah. the more people that get vaccinated, the sooner we can get back, to, we will get back to some semblance of a new normal. And I think um, businesses, we're certainly at the chamber in the business of providing resources for business leaders. But there are other organizations that do as well. So we have worked hard to collaborate with others. And I really think that that there are a couple of, of things that have come out of this pandemic as uh, silver linings. One of them would be the level of collaboration that I've seen amongst organizations, public and private. And um, another would be the, the speed with which people have had to make decisions and pivot mm. and do what they have to do in order to keep their businesses running. So I'm hoping we can cling to those things because I think those are both good, good uh, qualities for us to have moving forward. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I, I teach a uh, leadership and development course that's uh, three mindsets of next generation leaders. And in it, it's the adapt, uh, adaptive, um, then there's innovative and then there's connecting. And so that speed that you're talking about of making the transition uh, is, is very critical, especially in the adaptive phase, you know, adapting to the new norm. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it's very critical for businesses to be able to do so. Yeah, thank you. Um, what, what is your definition of leadership? Well, for me, I think leaders are problem solvers. And, um, and I think they are uh, people who can try and 
rise above the fray to of, of everything that has to be done on a daily basis to really take a look out to see uh, where and, 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 and plot a course for where we're going. So yeah. I, I see I see leaders being in that problem solving role. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Um, so from your perspective of being the CEO of the Asheville Area Chamber of Commerce, uh, you know, what is what is for you, what is the business of leadership? You know, because I, I heard you state earlier that of the different leadership uh, uh, circles that you have uh, functioned in uh, in different uh, endeavors. So what what is from your perspective, what is the business of leadership? Well, for me, it's making making the world a better place. And and, you know, my world happens to be here in Asheville, North Carolina. I'm a, you know, old girl scout, leave things better than when you when you arrived. And I think that um, figuring out to, a way to improve my community and for the people who live here and the people who visit here is a, and for the children who will come behind us, I think is a, a really important thing. So so trying to to make the world a better place. It, it sounds like a grandiose idea, but when you, when you think about it in terms of impacting your own community and you can see changes that are made that, that uh, where those improvements are realized, I think that's very powerful. And, mm. and something that um, it makes me wanna get up and go to work every day. Yeah. So speaking of which, what what are some of the, if you can, ways that uh, the the chamber actually adapted to this to this new norm? Like, what are some of the things that you all had to to do, you know, to to adapt to this new 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 norm? Well, talking about talking about speed, um, we had to get up to snuff on technology in a big way, very very quickly. Um, we've now become really used to using Zoom as I'm sure everybody has gotten used to using one platform or another, I truly think that the nature of work has changed forever though. I don't know about mm. you, but I don't want to be around anybody who's got a cold or, or, um, it, and so I think people's ability to work from home, um, will be with us forever. And so instead of taking a half day off because you've got a plumber coming or you've got a sick child at home or whatever, I think people are going to be able to utilize technology. So that's something that we had to come to grips with very quickly. The other thing was to work in collaboration with the other organizations in town who wanted to convey information out to various, various aspects of the business community. Um, we worked in partnership with the city and county and the level of communication, we were literally meeting on a daily basis to figure out what needed to be done next and would divide up roles and um, produce town hall meetings that included the latest information, both from public health as well as from um, the governor's office. I mean, they were looming large in everybody's lives as we went through COVID. So getting super flexible in the use of that technology and being able to turn it around very quickly became very, very important. 
Um, similarly, we also learned to ask a lot more questions and we contacted mm -hmm. members to ask them what they were experiencing rather than assuming what we thought was happening with them and their businesses, we were asking. And we did yeah. that by personal phone calls. We did it by surveys that were electronic. Um, we did it in any number of ways. And then that information we used as a, to inform how we then would, the information that we would provide and how we would provide it. Yeah. So that's interesting. So how did uh, this thing actually affect your own company culture? Well, you know, I had, I, I, what our communications person, I think, had to work harder than any other staff member because <laughs> not only were we changing, we're, we were still continuing to do the various programs that we do, but we were pivoting to put them, make them all virtual. But at the same time, we were also adding in all this information, this COVID information that was from, from local, state, and federal sources, as well as there were different um, businesses that would share information about how they were doing things, so best practices that could be shared. So we worked our communications people to death, getting it posted, getting it communicated through social media, doing um, virtual interviews that ended up going out over social media as well. But I had that employee tell me how fulfilled she was by the work we were doing and how, what a difference she thought it made in the day-to-day -day lives of our members. And, um, and I, I was extremely impressed with the approach that she took to being inundated with, with work but um, also that she that she took inspiration from that, and I think a lot of our staff members did. So I was, I'm I'm very proud of them. Obviously, I'm, I have a bias, but I also just think that um, mm -hmm. I've I've had that reflected to me from our volunteers as well, saying that they really felt our staff stepped up and and provided uh, resources at a time when our members and the community really needed it. Very good. Very good. Yeah. One of the reasons why I asked that question is because I did some research and, you know, some research states that company cultures all around relating to remote work um, has uh, increased by 57 percent. So I found that kind of interesting, you know, how a company culture increases, you know, 57 uh, percent when no one is actually in the company doing any work. And so what comes to find out it's the the uh, people become more personable. In other words, with these Zooms, you know, it's it's in real life time. So therefore, you know, the puppies come in and interrupt or there's, you know, beautiful photos and pictures or grandchildren running in the background. And all of that makes these people more personable when, you know, uh, where you didn't know that about them uh, in, in the work setting because, you know, they didn't bring that that home environment, that home, that personal touch to the, to the, to the work. And that so, makes yeah, people I more relatable, I think. Yeah, more relatable. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and you know, we, we had done a lot of work on, on, um, on our culture because so much had changed in the organization that I used it as an opportunity to really go back and talk about what our guiding principles are and involve the staff in doing that. And then 
we, we actively talk about how those principles apply to what we're doing on a day-to-day -day basis. So I think what, what ended up happening during the pandemic is we were actually having to live those principles in, in an immediate kind of way. And that helped bolster that culture of, of our organization. So I'm, you know, yeah. every bad comes with some good to it. And boy, we had a ton of bad, but there's also been, been good that has arisen out of this whole mess. Yeah. Absolutely. So tell me something, because uh, I, I mean, I love the, you know, the Asheville Area Chamber of Commerce. So what are some of the, why should businesses register with the Area Chamber of Commerce? Like, you know, what are some of the, and you can give, you know, maybe a couple or so, you know, really ben, real benefits of joining the, the Asheville Area Chamber. Well, of from, a, from the big picture perspective, we are the only organization that's looking out for the entire economic environment. Um, and that is not to cast any aspersions on on organizations that may be about a particular area of town or a particular industry. Those play super yeah. important roles and are, are, are they're our partners in doing this work. But we're trying to look at the big picture and to uh, which then allows your business to um to make connections within the organization, to learn things that you need to learn in order to make your business efficient and effective, but also to weigh in on public policy issues that may impact your business. There are, there are all different aspects and depending upon where you are in your, with your organization, what kind of role you play. So for example, if at a, let's say a bank, a bank will have people who are trying to develop relationships because they want to sell mortgages and have that personal relationship. But then there will be other people within the organization who are interested in understanding the policy implications of something that's happening at the state level. And they may not have the opportunity to follow it down to the degree that our staff people might be able to. Or there'll be, yeah. or there'll be people within the organization that want to meet as as many key decision makers as they can and develop relationships because they never know when business will overlap, or others that want to be in on what's the latest business that's coming to this community. Um, have they developed a relationship yet? Have they developed their financial relationship? There, is, there are all these different roles that people and companies play. And then there are small business people who play all of those roles. And there are places within the organization for people to plug in at, in the, at the chamber and get to know others who are like-minded and um they want to share ideas and thoughts and connections. So that's what we do best. Very good. Very good. So how can someone get connected with the Chamber of Commerce? Uh, you know, what, what is the contact information? Uh, who should they speak to? Are there levels of, you know, who they should speak to? Well, the, the, the thing that I would suggest, given that we are largely still operating out of our, our own homes instead of out of the office, our visitor center is open for visitors and for folks who are interested in advertising through the visitor center. That's still open, and they've done a magnificent job um, of, of 
being socially distanced and masked and very and sanitizing, et cetera. But the office itself is closed and we most of us have been working from home. So I would suggest that people go to AshevilleChamber.org and click on the membership side of the website, which will take you to the membership area and will provide a connection to um, the folks in member services who can then ask lots of questions to find out what, what your specific needs are um, and how, how you want to benefit and advise you on the, the best approach to take in terms of plugging into the chamber. Okay, very good. So, very good. Thank you very much. And we will make sure that that information gets out um, as, as best as possible. So any younger leaders that are out there that are looking to develop their businesses and wanting to join uh, with the Chamber of Commerce and or, you know, connect with uh, other people in leadership, if you can, what are three leadership tips that you can leave uh, for our audience today? Well, um, I, there's there's one this this one applies to. Uh, being a parent also, um, telling my children, I told them repeatedly, um, bad news doesn't get better with age. And mm. it's so, so if there is a problem that exists, creating an environment with your employees and coworkers that makes everyone feel comfortable telling you when a problem exists and telling you early and often when a problem exists so that you can help in a problem solving role and not be surprised by it would be a key tip. I just think it's super important that, uh, that you create the environment where, where people can feel free to admit that mistakes have been made and or that, that a challenge has presented itself. And those frequently, if you've got a problem, it does not get better the more aging. It just gets more complicated. So creating that environment where come tell me, let me help you, and we'll work on this together and approach this as a team is, I think, something that um, leaders could benefit from, young leaders in particular. Um, the, and that, the other thing I think is, um, it, to me, Critical leadership skills are being inspiring and setting direction. Um, I was, my brother is the CEO of a pallet and box company, one of the largest in the country. And he talks about a story he learned about. I don't know if you ever saw the movie, The Blind Side. Um, not well, there, it was a football movie. Most things he talks about are related to sports, but there was the the uh, yeah. there was a guy who is the head coach of LSU, Louisiana State University, and their football team. And he is a real. He was actually had a bit part in that, and has a very deep, gravelly voice, and you know, is a burly, tough guy. And not a super polished guy, but a very genuine gentleman. And he talked about yeah. how when when this guy was, he was named as the uh, the interim at, at football coach for LSU. And he wasn't expected to have that job forever. But he... Help. The first thing he did was he took a huge rope with the uh, and got 
all the other coaches, all the players on this huge rope, and everybody was grabbing either end, and essentially they had a huge tug of war. And mm. then he had everybody go through the exercise of grabbing that that rope and pulling in the same direction. And basically he was casting that vision for where he saw LSU going. If, if they would all work and pull in the same direction and right. LSU became, I mean, they started to climb the ranks in terms of, of uh, football performance. He, he was the guy that set the vision for what, what they needed to do. And he did it with a piece of rope and an exercise. And so I think, you yeah. know, providing inspiration for people and a direction and setting a goal is super important as well. And the the last thing I'd okay. say for to a, to a young leader is I, I know how important it can be to encourage other people and to help them identify their own strengths. The people on your team, it, it helps when it, it can help and it can hurt if you if you if they're misidentified. Um, I when I was uh, in middle school, I served. I, actually, there was no middle school when I was in middle school. There was junior high school. I, one of my um, classes was to serve as an aide for the guidance counselors at this junior high school, and I was filing paperwork. And had noticed I'd looked myself up on the papers and there was this um, space that at that point in time, you didn't get a social security number until you were like in ninth grade. So here I was a seventh grader and I was looking at this piece of paper that showed my schedule, but it also had key information about me. And in one of the yeah. spaces that was for the social security number, a teacher had written in leadership. So I asked the guidance counselor, I said, mm. what is this about? She said, well, we use that space for teachers in your old school to communicate to teachers in your new school. And obviously one of your teachers thought you were a leader and put that information into that space to convey it to the, the new school. And that struck me to such a high degree, I had not thought of myself in those terms until someone yeah. else said yeah. it about me. Didn't say it to me, but said it about me. And I found out about it. And I think it's so powerful. Sometimes people don't see their best, their, their greatest strengths. And having a, you can play a pivotal role in, in the lives of the people you work with and the people that you want to achieve and, and do well by helping identify their strengths and letting them know that you see those strengths. And because it certainly made a difference in the way I viewed myself from that point forward. And um, I, am, I embraced that leadership label and that's why I'm saying they can be labels can be powerful in both ways, power, power, powerfully positive or powerfully negative. And so I think um, every good leader wants to grow the people around them. And and whether it's in a volunteer role or in a, in a paid capacity, people who work with you, 
I think helping them find and identify those key strengths is a real gift that you can you can give others. Very good. Very good. Thank you. It, it, it reminds me of a, a study that talks about leadership and, you know, great leaders. Twenty four percent of great leaders is actually um, uh, it's it's natural. It's an eight. And then, you know, the other 74 percent, 76 percent can be developed. Um, that's, you know, so some people are born natural yeah. leaders, you know. So very good. Very good. Uh, any closing comments that you have for our audience today? Well, I, you know, one of the key things I had a, a, a friend in college who was participating. She was in the Miss University of Florida pageant and she was and I was so I was going and sitting in the audience and offering her advice afterwards. And she ended up being in the finals and was asked a question on stage. And she said, uh, what do you think is a key a key uh, role, a, a key quality that leaders need to have? And she responded, a sense of humor. And she told me later that she she was thinking back on an interaction we had had and and that I had I had made her laugh apparently. I had no recollection of that, but that she saw the impact that, that humor could have on helping people who are in moments of um, you know tense situations moments that may be difficult to deal with, because if you're going to be a leader and be a problem solver, you're going to have moments of tension. And I thought that that point of having a sense of humor made complete and total sense to me. So I would say, and especially now we all need to, to keep our senses of humor and, uh, and be kind to one another. Are you promoting the right people into leadership positions? How do you know? How do you measure the outcomes and are they the outcomes you're looking for? Please visit www.jmleadershipdevelopment.com. Again, www.jmleadershipdevelopment.com and request a half hour conversation to assess if we can address your leadership development needs. Oh, and by the way, Always remember that leadership is influence and service. Hey, thank you for enjoying another episode of Leadership Is Podcast, episode 45, with our special guest, Ms. Kit Kramer, who's the CEO of the Asheville Area Chamber of Commerce. And as we were talking, you know, she gave a lot of extensive information as to the resources that the Chamber of Commerce offers uh, for businesses. And also, she gave us three leadership tips. Number one, remembering that bad news doesn't get better uh, with age. In other words, create a problem-solving environment. Create a problem-solving environment. Number two, be an inspiration and set directions based on that inspiration. And number three is identify strengths and grow your people around you based on those strengths. Those are excellent leadership tips. Thank you, Ms. Kit Kramer. Here at JM Leadership Development, our primary goal is to invite next generation leaders to leave the bench, embrace a growth mindset towards leadership, and lead with confidence. If you would like for us to do virtual assessment trainings or presentations for your hidden leaders, 
or keynote your next event, contact us for a free half-hour conversation at info at jmleadershipdevelopment.com. Visit our website, www.jmleadershipdevelopment.com or call us at 828-333-7234 and we will respond promptly. Please subscribe to this podcast using Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts using Jason A. Muhammad slash Leadership Is. Please follow us on social media. Twitter is at LeadershipJM. Facebook and Instagram is JM Leadership Development. And always remember, leadership is influence and service.